Welcome to Badge of Honor Family Ministries and Presentations. Since this is a ministry that honors the family, with Mother's Day fast approaching, I'd like to talk about what the Bible says about honoring mom. I'd also like to tell you about a gift that you can give mom that will not only honor her on Mother's Day, but will keep giving her honor for years to come. It's called the Tribute. We're going to start by looking in Exodus 20 at the Ten Commandments. You'll notice that God called these the Ten Commandments and not the Ten Suggestions. We need to take them to heart. When you read them, you'll notice the first four commands talk specifically about honoring God. In all we do and in all of our relationships, honoring God comes first and is the most important. The greatest commandment, which is the ten, boiled down to two, says to love God and then to love people. By loving God first, we can give He can give us the wisdom, knowledge, and power to love others. The first four are worship God, don't worship false gods, don't take God's name in vain, and keep the Sabbath day holy. Now, most people know the last five commandments about don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, lie, or covet, but right in the middle of the 10 at number five, right after his first four about God and before he goes through those last five, he tells us to honor our father and mother and that it comes with a promise. Little is said about the fifth commandment and some consider it to be called the forgotten commandment. In today's society, instead of honoring our parents, many bash and blame their parents for, the faults, for their faults and failures. A number of t today's popular TV shows portray parents in an unfavorable manner. Our parents can become a landfill where we dump our failures and mess-ups if we're not careful. I believe that because of where God placed this commandment, He is showing us it's important. It's as if God bolded it, underlined it, highlighted it, and put an exclamation point at the end of it. It may be the most profound commandment of the ten. Here's what it says. Honor your father and mother so that, it may, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. In Ephesians 6, 1-3, Paul restates the importance of honoring mom and dad. He said, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. What Paul is saying is that of the Ten Commandments, the fifth is the only one which comes with a positive ending the assurance of a blessed long life. Even though the Ten Commandments were given by God to Moses to give to the Israelites, they apply to everyone. Children who disrespect their parents will usually have a harder life. Learning to respect authority is key to personal success. As children, we feel our parents need to show honor to us, but our parents need to be honored as well. The promise goes two ways. That means the benefits of the fifth commandment go to us as well as our parents. Honor can give parents the hope they need when they need it most. Most of us do not understand the power we have to bring joy and happiness to our parents' lives. In his book, The Tribute, Dennis Rainey says the fifth commandment has a number of other hidden benefits. Here are a few. Our quality of life may be tied to the fifth commandment. It helps us become healthy adults. It moves us towards spiritual maturity. It forges a deeper relationship with our parents. 
Our parents are willing for us to give back, or they are waiting for us to give back. Our parents need affirmation too. Our parents are waiting to be honored and shown dignity. Our legacy could be tied to honoring our parents. It pleases God when we honor our parents. Honoring our parents could mean the survival of our nation. So what does honor mean? It means to respect greatly, regard highly, and to esteem. So the 10th commandment is asking us to respect, regard, and to esteem our mom and dad. Sometimes it can be hard to show honor to a parent if respect, regard, and esteem hasn't been returned to us. A wall can be built between you and your parent. Did God say to honor your parents only if they were perfect? No. The verse doesn't say to honor only if your parents treated you well. Honoring does not endorse a responsibility or sin either. It commands that we do it no matter what. We are to honor regardless of performance. We are to live by faith. Our negative emotions can hold back positive thoughts. Writing a tribute can help us tear down any walls that you that may have been built. So what does the Bible say about how we should respond when someone wrongs us like our parents or anyone for that matter? I love this verse from John 20 verses 22 to 23. It tells us to receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, what God is saying here is that when you choose to forgive someone who has wronged you, you actually release those sins of those who hurt you. This is a powerful principle. It's called the principle of release. But here's the catch. God also says that if you choose not to forgive someone who has wronged you, you retain those sins. Someone once said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Let me give you an example. Let's say a parent, friend, or family member said something that hurt your feelings or did something to hurt you. You know, it really made you mad. You are ticked. You are livid. You're steamed. You can't believe what they said or said or did to you. And it hurts so much. You keep dwelling on it over and over in your mind. You can't sleep at night because of what they said or did. You're furious. You're so stinking mad. You could spit right now. Now, who is your unforgiveness hurting? You or the person who hurt you? The other person probably doesn't even realize that you're upset. According to the Bible, when you don't forgive, you actually retain the venomous poison of that person's sins. In other words, choosing unforgiveness can be deadly. And that's why Jesus said at the beginning of that verse in John 20 that we need to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because forgiveness can be hard. We can't do it under our own human strength. We need the Holy Spirit's power, grace, truth, and mercy to forgive. Ephesians 6.10 tells us to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So even if your parents have hurt you, God is in the business of reconciliation. Healing can occur. Writing a tribute could be the answer, but we have a choice to make. We could choose to get bitter or we could choose to get better. We could choose to blame our parents for what they did to us or we could choose to move forward by forgiving them. I'd encourage you to choose to forgive and release the venomous toxins that any of those sins might hold. 
And forgiveness can go both ways. Many times the children need to ask for forgiveness for the hurts they've caused their parents. Sometimes we hurt our parents just as they have hurt us. As children, our nature is self-centeredness. It's all about me. We need to take responsibility and ask for forgiveness. Have faith that God will use your faithfulness for good and tear down any walls that might have been built up over the years. Let me tell you about my relationship with my, my mom. Overall, I probably had a pretty normal relationship, but I do know there were times that uh, I probably tried her patience and I know that I hurt her. Now, one of those times was when I was probably in middle school and my mom had some friends over at our house. I loved to torment my little sister who was only five years younger than me. This particular day, I just happened to have a yo-yo and was seeing how close I could come to my sister's head by throwing it out and having it come back. Well, guess what happened? Yep, you're right. The string broke and I hit, and the yo-yo hit my sister square in the face, and of course, she broke down bawling. Needless to say, mom was not happy with me. She had me sit in a chair and she grabbed the fly swatter. She started to spank me with it because she was so upset. She was hitting me as hard as she could to try to get me to cry, and I knew that. So I was determined in my mind not to cry. Guess what uh, that did to mom? She got even angrier and she tried to hit me even harder with the fly swatter. I still wouldn't cry. So she would try to hit me even harder. She was so frustrated that she broke down and she started crying in front of me, my sister, and all of her friends. Guess how that made me feel? Yep, like a terrible schmuck. I felt really bad at the point and I knew I had really messed up. Another time was right after I graduated from high school. It was my, the summertime between graduating and going off to college. Me, my brother, and some other friends decided to go camping up north to celebrate uh, my new freedom. We decided to go for a uh, car ride one evening looking for girls and to find a party. I was the driver. Uh, I came to a corner to make a left-hand turn and I noticed this car full of hot babes. I put on my, hey, I'm cool face, when crash, I ran into a motorcyclist. I sent the motorcyclist to the hospital, totaled my car, was ticketed for reckless driving, and sued for $100,000. I'm sure mom wasn't really thrilled with me about that one either. And there are other stories like the time I put a hole in a living room picture window with my BB gun, dropped a dummy on a car that me and my brother and some neighborhood friends hung out over the road from our treehouse, and probably a lot more that I could probably write in this post, but don't have enough time. Now my first few months of freedom at college, I didn't go back home. I was ready to spread my wings and fly. I really didn't want to see my parents or be around them much. But after a month or two, I started to miss my mom's home-cooked meals, getting my clothes washed, freshly baked cookies, my bed, and a lot more. When I did decide to come home, my mom made a point to make uh, one of my favorite meals, Swiss steak with morale mushrooms. Oh goodness, that was so good. Plus, she'd make some freshly baked chocolate chip cookies for dessert. Oh my! After getting married and starting to have my own family, I came to realization what a great mom I had. 
as we as we grow through our teen years and into adulthood we sometimes start to see our parents in a different light they did their best with the bits of wisdom that they had just like us kids don't come with an owner's manual and being a parent is hard so back to mom Mother's Day was coming up and I was trying to figure out what I could do to let her know how much I appreciated her. I had listened to a broadcast on a Christian radio one day. The speaker, Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today talked about his book, The Tribute, and how to write a tribute for your mom on Mother's Day, for Mother's Day, or your dad for Father's Day, or any special day. I bought the book and I read it. And after reading it, I decided to write my mom a tribute. In the book, Dennis said that you need to give your parents three gifts when you honor, honor them. Gift number one is the gift of understanding. We need to understand that no parent is perfect. Gift number two is the gift of compassion. In other words, we need to realize that it's not easy being a parent. Gift number three is the gift of forgiveness. You can apply the principle of release from John 20 verses 22 to 23 to this one. He also said that honoring parents acknowledges that you value and desire to improve your relationship with them, that you respect and recognize their, their authority, that you affirm what our parents did right and their sacrifice, that you see them through the eyes of Christ, that you forgive them or release any sins, hurts, or regrets, and that you are passing on lessons learned which become part of your legacy. A written document like the tribute can carry special power. Dennis says it can be an island of intimate appreciation in a sea of form letters, emails, texts, and impersonal communication. There is something really special about a tribute. When writing a tribute, be sure to speak from your heart. Dennis suggests some guidelines for you to use. Number one, prepare your heart before you share your heart. Get alone and pray. Number two, Create a memory list full of fun times, favorite vacations, holidays, pets, and so on. Number three, organize those thoughts. Number four, write your tribute. You could write a tribute for each parent or just one tribute for both. Start with a sentence telling why you wrote it. After that, write each thought into a sentence or a paragraph. After you write the first draft, have someone else read it. When you finish, have it printed on some nice print paper. Number five, mat and frame your tribute. <clears throat> Doing this adds weight and value to your words. And number six, present it to your parents. People love to be praised and a tribute can take on a life of its own. You could read it aloud at family gatherings like holidays, such as Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, uh, again, Mother's Day is a good one, Father's Day. You could do it publicly or privately. Consider presenting it with your children listening. It's a great way to model how to leave a lasting legacy. I took a legal pad and I started to remember and write down all the good things that mom had done. I then typed it out on my computer. I then printed it on some nice quality print paper and had it professionally framed and matted. I wrapped it and presented it on Mother's Day many years ago. When she opened it, I explained what it was and that I wanted to read it to her. And I did, through many tears for me, my mom, and my wife, Lori. You can read it below.
A tribute to my mom, Joanne Badge. Mom, too often we let time go by and we fail to let the ones we, we are most important to us know just how special they are. You are a special lady. There are so many reasons why I'm thankful you are my mom. Thank you for teaching me honesty, integrity, self-discipline, and hard work by modeling it yourself for us kids. Thank you for teaching me that quitting was never an option. I knew that when I started something, I could never quit. I remember wanting to quit band in high school, but you wouldn't let me. Later, I became president of the band and part of an all-star band. Thank you for the many hours of attending my extracurricular activities. I know that you could have used that time doing something else, but you didn't. You chose to spend your time watching all of us kids. Thank you for all of the times you washed my dirty clothes and made me a special meal when I would come home from college. I especially love the Swiss steak with mushrooms. Thank you for all the gardening, canning, cooking, cleaning, and housework for a family of seven. That was a tremendous job and commitment for so many years. Thank you for raising us kids, especially with all of us being so close in age. And the changing of diapers, feedings, disciplining, you held up remarkably well. I can't even imagine someone doing that nowadays. I appreciate your sacrifice that you made for all of us. Thank you for the nighttime tuck-ins. I remember the piggyback rides and how you taught us your special nighttime handshake. I now use it with Ashley and Mikkel. Thank you for teaching me how to cook, clean, iron, sew, wash my clothes, wash the dishes, and, and etc. It helped me be more independent, especially during my college years. It has allowed me to be more of a help to Lori around the house. Thank you for all the family memories, birthdays for twins, camping for seven, mushrooming, Christmases, Easter's. We always had our fair share of Christmas presents and Easter goodies. Thank you for all the pets that you let us have, like Lady, Lucky, and Mittens. It helped to teach us responsibility and respect for animals. Thank you for putting up with my bedwetting. I know it was hard washing those extra sheets on top of what you were already cleaning and doing. I appreciate your being patient with me until I finally learned how to control it. Honestly, I wasn't doing it on purpose. Thank you for the many times you put up with my poor judgment. I know that I disappointed you at times, whether it was beating on Larry, throwing a yo-yo too close to Penny's face, stealing Candy's peas, bugging Kathy or whatever. Thank you for allowing me to learn from my mistakes. Thank you for your financial support during my college years. I know that it must have put a financial strain on our family, but I appreciate your commitment to bettering my life and my career. Thank you for your encouragement and your commitment to me. Everything I have, my home, my career, my family, much more is a gift from you and dad for putting an investment in me. And I'm grateful for that. Your car accident last month, mom, was a real scare, not only for you, but for me. The thought of losing my mom shook me up. I came to a realization that how important you are to me. I really didn't mind spending that time with you in Lancaster in the hospital as you recovered. In a way, I feel it was a blessing for me. It allowed me a chance to pay back you just a little for so much that you have done for me. Thank you for being my mom. I love you. Your son, Randy. 
After reading my tribute to my mom, the next time I visited her, her house, I found it hanging in a prominent place in, in her house for others to read. It opened up a highway of communication that was always one way with my mom sharing love to me, not me to her. After the tribute, it opened up a two-way highway of communication and love between the two of us. I really encourage you to physically type out a tribute, have it matted and framed, and read it in person to your mom if possible. It's a gift that will keep on giving for a long, long time. Dennis Rainey says that writing a tribute to your parents can cement your relationship with them and allow them to see you as an adult, not a child. It matures us. Some reported that it changed them, even if it didn't change their parents. Some also said that they received remarkable healing through it. Writing a tribute could be one of the most profound, mysterious experiences of your life. Later in life, as mom's heart health started to fail, mom put me in charge of her personal property and her health. It was a lot of work uh, the last few years of mom's life as she grew weaker and weaker. I had to make decisions to move her from her home into an apartment, then assisted living, and finally a nursing home just two blocks from my house. When mom passed, I was in charge of having to organize her funeral. You know, the family cycle go, goes like this. We are totally dependent on our parents when we're being formed in the womb and newly born. As we grow older, though, we become increasingly more independent. Conversely, our parents are 100% independent when we are born. As they age, though, they become more dependent on their children. At the end of life, many parents become totally dependent on their children. That's the way it should be, and that's what happened to me. Even though it was a lot of work and responsibility, I felt like it was also a blessing to take care of my mom. Just like Paul said in Ephesians 6, 1-3, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it will go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Writing a tribute has been one of the hardest, but the most re one of the most rewarding things that I have ever done. Would you have any regrets if your parents died tomorrow? Why wait for the eulogy to praise your parents after they're gone? Praise them now while they're still alive. Dennis suggests that no matter how many bridges you've burned with your parents, take that step forward to praise and honor them. But what if you had abusive parents? I want to caution you with that with writing a tribute does not assure that it will solve your problems. So why should you honor your parents that were abusive? Dennis has three reasons. First, to obey God regardless of pain. Second, so that you might experience healing. And finally, we need to do all that we can to reconcile our parents to God. Dennis also gives the following suggestions when honoring abusive parents. Acknowledge any fear in honoring them. Take inventory of the extent of abuse. Choose to forgive them for the damage that they did. By faith, thank God for your parents. When you're ready, honor them even in the smallest ways. You could write the tribute of your parents and your faith in God to yourself. Maybe after some healing, God will impress upon you to write it for them. Dennis finally cautions that the tribute may not be the ultimate test of your relationship with your parents. Be patient as you work to reclaim good memories with your, with your parents. 
Your parents may refuse to reconnect. Avoid the comparison trap of what other people have done or didn't do for their parents. And finally, use caution as you try to rebuild your relationship that was broken. He also has three suggestions if your parent has died and you're feeling regret. First, allow yourself time to grieve. Second, honor your living parent if they remain. And lastly, find ways to honor your deceased parent. Maybe write a tribute even if they're already gone. You know, my mom is gone now, and but I have no regrets. I let her know that I loved her and that she was a good mom through the tribute. There was a time I couldn't see that happening in my younger years. I now have her tribute and have a place of honor for it in my home to show my children and grandchildren the legacy of their grandmother and great-grandmother. If you'd like more information on how to write a tribute, you can purchase the book, The Tribute, by Dennis Rainey online. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless.